0: Welcome to a podcast interview that we're doing today with Nanak Nam. and for those of you who've been following the channel for quite a while you'll know that there's a lot of videos that we've created where we're touching on, on different subjects and through the exploration of and Sikh spirituality we talk about certain ideas and certain concepts that are to do with mental health. And one of the key focuses of Narak Nam is that we want to actually try and bring out more information about some of the mental health problems and issues that you've told us that you're facing and that is a real issue for a lot of people. Uh, And today in today's podcast, we're going to be talking about depression and depression is a very serious subject and a very sensitive subject and it's one that we've heard time and time again from lots of different people saying we want to know more about this subject we want to understand it and then what does gurbani and sikhi and spirituality have to offer within the whole conversation around depression and today we are going to be joined by a guest who's going to be sharing her own journey and battle with depression and I'd like to introduce to you Gurpreet Kaur and Gurpreet came to us uh, through Nanak Nam and I personally met Gurpreet when you contacted us, mm-hmm. uh, telling us about how Nanak Nam videos have impacted your life uh, and how you've had your own journey. Mm-hmm. So welcome to Thank you. Nanak Nam to interview. Uh, in a nutshell, can you tell us about yourself and your experience with depression?
1: Um, I was diagnosed with depression aged 18 um, and I started taking antidepressants. At 18 and um, I was on them for 15 and a half years and um, and I think I was just sick of taking pills and I got to the point where I, I kind of went back to my doctor and said I don't I don't feel good I still don't feel good and he said we'll change your antidepressant and I just said I don't want to do that I, I, I was sick of taking pills um, and so I, I went on this journey of I needed to figure it out
0: so how long were you on antidepressants for 15 and a half years 15 and a half mm-hmm. years and then at one point you were, a- were able to get out and get off it I mean for a lot of people depression is a, is a, a term that the, they would have heard of mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily know what it means mm-hmm. so we it's sometimes we hear a lot from a very clinical uh, or a medical definition mm-hmm. of depression from your personal experience how would you describe what depression is what is the feeling of depression if you can if it's possible to put that and summarize that in a few words
1: if it, for me it was it was like walking around with a dark cloud hanging over my head not only that it felt like it was dark inside so I was I was gray on the inside as well as outside i couldn't see anything that was good about what was around and um, and it's probably one of the most debilitating illnesses that's around because there's no physical kind of something to fix it's here and it's in your heart so you you kind of you're stuck with this this feeling and you have you feel like there's no way out and it every day just seems to bring you down some more, and there's always a almost like a catalyst every day that that kind of lets you identify with your depression a little bit more, and right. allows you to say, yeah, this is another reason for why I'm depressed, and so it's like you have a, a checklist pretty so you, much every day.
0: You start to accept that that sort of definition mm-hmm. of yourself.
1: Yeah, 100%. So you kind of go through your time like I for those 15 and a half years, I must have said I was depressed every single day about 10 times to yourself Mm -hmm. and to other people so anyone that I might have met or um how are you doing or um how are you feeling now I'm still really depressed I'm still really sad and that that was kind of and I smile about it now because obviously we know my journey but it was one of it was I as I was saying to you I can't even believe that I'm the same person it was it was
0: Tell us a little bit about how did it all start? Did you have quite a, a normal childhood?
1: Yeah, I did. I mean, my parents were really hardworking parents. I, like a lot of our parents were, and they spent an awful lot of time at work doing everything they could to make sure that everything was good at home. Um, but you go to school and you're trying to fit in, conform, there's societal pressures and there's community pressures almost as well.
0: Did you say that do you think you would have felt that from quite a young age?
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think it it's not unique to just me. I think uh, talking to anyone of our generation, they kind of felt the same because our parents had a really tough time of it. They and so that kind of they weren't able to kind of make sure that everything was okay with you one hundred percent because they were doing everything that they knew how to do. Yeah. Um and And
0: but 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 with along with that came their expectation on you because yeah. they were so busy trying to provide for you that came with some some expectations yeah. of what you, you what you were expected to do in and, return
1: yeah and like so, what kind of
0: things can you give us some examples Well,
1: um, one of uh, the catalyst for me with the depression was I had gotten engaged and um, and I was going to call my engagement off
0: were you quite young when that happened
1: yeah I was, I was 18
0: you were 18 when uh-huh. you got engaged and and i presume it was something that was arranged by the family
1: uh-huh. and it was i was it was perfectly i was perfectly happy everything was fine until i wasn't okay and i know that that's when the shift happened where i was like i'm yeah this isn't i'm going to let down so many people
0: when you decided that you weren't happy to go yeah. ahead with it with the wedding
1: yeah and i'm gonna let down so many people now what do i do where do i go from here and it just became i'm i'm i have I have nothing to offer, nothing to give anyone, and no one's gonna want me after this, almost. And right, so, you,
0: so start, that you, you started putting pressure on yourself, became... which is how do I call this marriage off and deal with the consequences mm-hmm. of that? And, and that's at 18 years old, that's a lot of pressure to put on a young, young person, right? young yeah, child, really. And,
1: and, and again, I, I'm not sitting here and saying, oh, I, they shouldn't have done that, or, because they, they, our families do what they know, and you can only do as much as you know until you know better. Um, and it was it was one of the hardest times, I think, that I'd ever been through. And I wouldn't actually change anything that happened in my life because mm. of where I'm at right now. Um, but that moment there where you think, I've got nothing to offer anyone. I'm not going to go through with this marriage. And no one's going to want me after this. Like, what do I do? And it just became an internalised kind of darkness so
0: so you you call the, the the wedding off mm-hmm. and then you went into your own sort of yeah
1: i'd already started to become depressed like when i knew that i was gonna i wasn't gonna go through with the wedding in my head i, I knew that it wasn't right for me and i think we know what's right for us and what isn't
0: how would you describe that so you're I, to me how do you how do you distinguish between that and just the anxiety of going through a little bit of difficulty in your life how how, did, I, how can you how do you categorically say that actually depression had started at that point? What was the, what was the, 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 the experiences I, that, that means that you can call it depression?
1: I literally went from being an okay kid with some semblance of a future for myself and where I might go to I have nothing you, you just at some point just yeah. lost all
0: hope of everything. Yeah,
1: because then you, it wasn't like just my parents or the family You you actually started to hear people talk and say, do you know what? Porn, if you don't get married here? Where are you gonna get married? Who's gonna want to marry you after right. this? So 18 you're thinking What do I my life is really over isn't it?
0: Okay, Since it was that pressure. Yes. Yeah. Was...
1: So now I'm not gonna get married my family my poor family are gonna gonna have to deal deal with this this. and so you start taking it all and you start thinking now i don't know what to do
0: how did that manifest into depression what what was the what was the changes in your life that then started happening as a result of this
1: i became i mean my parents would if they went to sleep at half nine ten o'clock they'd wake up and find me walking around the garden at six o'clock in the morning because i just couldn't Calm myself. There was nothing I could do. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. I wasn't I just I was so unhappy It was it was probably one of Looking back on it. I can't I can't relate to that person because of where I'm at today But I know that person very well and I can remember her being just so sad
0: at the time when that was happening could you rationalise it in your head, like why you were feeling this way? Could it be like, well, it's because of the wedding or I knew, at, at I knew, one point, did it just become a reality for you? This is who I am. It now. started
1: as so. Yeah, exactly that. So it started as the I'm not going through my marriage. Um, and after that, it became so I'm sad. I'm sad. I'm sad. And then I just became sad.
0: And it, it just became, became a reality yeah, of who you it were, became
1: who I, because if you stop it's like with anything if you focus on it long enough it becomes your reality. Uh and it became my reality. That 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 cloud that switch that happened yeah it was it was instant and it was I was I was depressed I I was depressed.
0: So presumably that stayed for a number of years because you were saying that you'd been on antidepressants for 15 years. So I'm thinking now two years, three years, four years after that. After that event had happened, it's now no longer anything to do with that Mm -hmm. event. You've moved on. You've seen that life hasn't necessarily worked out the way that you'd planned. Mm -hmm. Are are you still living in that past event or is now depression just something independent of that that original event?
1: It becomes the reason for why I'm depressed. And now everything else that's come along with it is 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 my almost excuse my reason for being depressed so this didn't work out for me so that's another reason i'm depressed so
0: oh so you're now adding to other reasons so now because the past is gone you just need more things to confirm
1: because i'm I'm sad so i must be sad for a reason oh yeah this this is a reason i'm sad this is another reason i'm sad it could have been anything I, i i failed my driving test i'm so sad now it's because i'm useless okay you know so everything becomes about your inability to function as a human being. Like you see normal functioning human beings, you know yourself in your head, I'm not a normal functioning human being because I go to sleep crying. I wake up crying. When I'm brushing my teeth, I'm crying. When I'm in the loo, I'm crying. So all of these things, but you're crying in the places where you're alone because no one's gonna quite understand what's wrong. And if you did talk to people about it, they would say, what have you got to be sad about? We called your wedding off. So now get on with it, now get on with your life. But you you actually have no, you, once you're in it, unless you know how to get out of it, you're in it. And you're in it, you're drowning in sadness. You're drowning in sadness. That's what it feels like, like literally from your gut all the way up to your head, you just feel like you're drowning in this, in this pool of sadness
0: now I know from the conversations that we had that at some point in your life does change and you actually met your current husband yeah. you got married mm-hmm. but you've told me also that the depression continued for mm-hmm. a long time it did talk to me a little bit about about how does that happen
1: so by that point my depression had become a part of my personality I say my depression I don't even like associating with it like that anymore but the depression has become a part of my personality, and as my husband often says, like I didn't see your <coughs> depression, I didn't see your sadness. I just saw you
0: because it was so intrinsic to you.
1: Yeah, but for me, he he saw something in me that I could no longer see in myself. So essentially, I was still I'm still the same person. I I'm I'm still the very same person, but I was just buried under depression at that point.
0: But that's who your husband knew you as. You were just, that's just how you were.
1: Yeah. yeah. And do you know what? She gets sad. And so it was, I, I then, we went through a few circumstances ourselves, and I, I wound up having to have a hysterectomy. And they become more reasons for you to be sad. Mm. And I think the year following my hysterectomy was probably one of the worst years but it was a catalyst to me saying no more I don't want to do this anymore um but that the period that like my my husband would come home and i wouldn't want to get out of bed i wouldn't want to do anything i did that for weeks and weeks at a time
0: so so say that again you 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 stayed in bed for weeks
1: yeah at a time um and without getting
0: up and going to work or without having any Feeling that you wanted to do anything
1: Nothing and here's the thing you're there and you want to get up. You want to go out and get a job But you're so sad who's gonna hire you you can't keep your head together for five minutes and So the whole It's one of the most debilitating illnesses there is But it's one and it's one of the hardest things to deal with because there's no physical element to it that you can see, you can see the physical kind of repercussions of it. But you there's no physical ailment, there's no physical anything to tell you this person's depressed. So when they talk now about high functioning depressives and things like that, yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of us that did that for a really long time, tried to carry on as normal, and then would come home and the pressure of trying to stay normal all day would just bury you by the time you get home.
0: It gets to you.
1: Yeah, and you're you're shattered by the time You've spent this whole day with this facade of who you are, completely faking it. Then come home, putting a persona
0: out to the to the to the outside world.
1: Yep. And you come home and you're a mess. You're an, you're an, you're a mess. And there were many times where I I can remember vividly just collapsing to my knees with my husband, just crying, just and not being able to say why. I'm just I'm really sad. And him being him would just put his arm around me and say, don't worry, I've got you, we'll get through this. But you don't believe that. You don't You don't know that that's true. You, you don't, don't
0: believe that there is a way out of this. You know, just think this is who you are. Th- th-
1: this is how I've been for the last 10 years. Why do you think I'm gonna change? Why do you think this is gonna change? And it's a, someone knows it. Um, so it just, yeah, it, it's a very taxing illness.
0: Tell me a little bit about what is the lowest point. What were the lowest points of your depression? Um, what did it lead you to do? So you've talked about how you were sad, you came home crying, you'd stay in bed for weeks on end. Did, went, it, get, did it get any worse than that?
1: Yeah, it did. Um, I went, I, I'd been self-harming since I was 18, in some way, shape or form.
0: Uh, Can you give some examples if you don't mind sharing them?
1: Um, I would, well, the first, one of the first things I did was actually um, I'd taken an awful lot of pills uh, and I overdosed um, and thankfully I got I got past that and, I, and my family got me through that um, and I would then, the reason self-harm Helped Was because I had a physical pain that I could relate to
0: so you were trying to create physical pain So one of them was to use pills to Well surely that wouldn't be to do with pain. What were
1: you? I was I was self-harming So I was drinking cupfuls of bleach every now and again. You were drinking bleach. Mm Mm-hmm so I was doing things like that and there
0: Was that with the thought that every time you were doing it, you were trying to end your suffering?
1: No, it was I wanted to feel something physical that I could say I feel pain and I could relate to that pain. Whereas I could feel sad, but I couldn't explain to anyone why I felt sad. Whereas there were times where my husband would come home and I would be in pain on the couch. And what did you do? What have you done? Um, and it was I could then cry about the fact that I was in pain versus cry about the fact that I'm sad. So it but gave I it something
0: you. tangible because the experience something of depression physical. was 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 just such a numbing experience that you actually needed something. Something. To say, this is this is what it is. At least I could point my finger at something.
1: Because you can't you can't explain. No one will get it. No one will understand depression unless you've you've been there. You've you've you have the palpable experience of it.
0: Was there ever a time where you thought that this is enough and I want to just end it all? Mm -hmm.
1: Pretty much every day. Depression is one of those things that you, you have to fight to stay alive for a life that you don't want. Wow. You have to fight the urge to end things because you shouldn't kill yourself, you're not allowed to It's worry. a
0: mental sort of battle that you're going through. And
1: not but you wanted that, the, to? The, the, the customary and societal things as well. You, if, you, if you commit suicide, what's going to happen to you in the afterlife and so on and so forth? So oh and then really, you start so that was a all concern. All of those things as well. All of those things. But there, there come points where, uh, for me especially, feeling physical pain was a lot easier to deal with than what I was feeling. So it almost helped me avoid the depression part of it and just focus on the pain, a physical pain, because I dealt with that for a really long time. Depression was just a part of who I was. I know I know that feeling really well, I can go back to that, but let me feel the pain for a little while. So thinking about the pain was almost a pleasure. The pain was almost a way to get away from what it was that I was feeling. And again, you can't, a lot of this stuff you can't explain to people because not everyone gets it, Not it's not something that is understood, especially by our culture. What have you got to be sad about? You've got a good husband, you live in a nice house, you've got a good car. Yeah, but I've got a horrible mind and I've got a horrible heart and you can't get past it. You've got it.
0: enough excuses to to tell yourself the. Or why otherwise. I am what I am at. So, you tried self-harming, you tried to commit suicide mm-hmm. a few times. What conventional methods did you try? You told, you've talked to us about, about the pills. Tell us a little bit about, I assume these are antidepressant pills.
1: They were, yeah, antidepressants. Anti- so here's one of the reasons why I stopped taking pills was because the antidepressants led to uh, different side effects. In you know the pamphlet that comes along with pharmaceuticals, read it. Uh, there's the best advice I can give you to want to change your life. Read the pamphlet, pamphlet that comes along with your antidepressants. I now understand also that having suicidal thoughts was was an actual side effect of the antidepressants. So,
0: so do they make you more depressed?
1: Yeah, I reckon they do. Because if one of the side effects is that you may consider suicide. But we're openly being given these pills, and you're you're not concerning yourself with the side effects. You're just I never read a pamphlet. I just wanted the pills to make me feel better.
0: And do they did they make you feel better when you took the pills? Because um, you were saying it, that you, at one point, I remember you, you telling me that you were taking something like nine pills. Nine pills a day. A day. Was, by
1: the time I finished, because I'd had many surgeries as well over the past. Uh, it, it was a nine-year period, I think. And I'd had surgery after surgery after surgery for different complications, and every single pill that I was taking was to combat a side effect from the previous pill that I was put on. So that those original pills were still a part of my my regime. Only I had to take a number of counteracting uh, counteracting pills to balance out the effects of the original pills. Wow. So there was there were pain medications. There was antidepressants, anti-anxiety meds. Um. Yeah, it was it was quite a concoction.
0: What were the some of the other methods that you had tried apart from taking antidepressants?
1: The usual NHS route of uh, CBT. Which is what? Uh, cognitive behavioural therapy. Um, I'd done that for some time. And you can ask me what CBT was about and I can still say to you I have no idea because there two two reasons. I didn't understand it enough at the time. I was in one of the darkest places I've ever been and all all i could think about was i really don't care that you think that this might help because it's not helping i can't get past this where i'm at i've i know all of this i've read the book you told me to read on self esteem and self confidence and all of those but i still feel sad so this is this is something inside i've done it all right. the therapy uh psychotherapy um even paid to see private counsellors but I just, I couldn't get past it, I I couldn't get past it and I think that was a part of the reason why it was, it was such a battle because every day you're functioning, trying to function as normal so I've gotten jobs in between as well and going to these jobs was never a good idea. (laughs) Never a good idea because you go and you're trying to be something you're not and you're inevitably making mistakes and then you're getting told off for your mistakes
0: and that's adding to your to your
1: depression so the whole thing is just like it's a perpetual cycle
0: So how did it eventually stop? How does that years and years and almost a decade or more worth of depression start Over to turn around, and, and why did it turn around?
1: Um, October 2015, I made, I made the decision that I didn't wanna take anymore because at the beginning of summer, that summer, uh, my doctor, I'd actually gone in to see my doctor and say that I, the pills aren't working, I'm still sad and he said let's put you on something else and i said no i don't think so not now so he, he
0: wanted to give you some something more, else every, some other... that was
1: the answer every time you said that your antidepressant wasn't working or you were if you were saying that i was still sad their answer was let's change your antidepressants or change your dosage so there's a
0: slightly different chemical
1: yeah let's let's try something else let's try in a different part of your brain and so you're you're taking these pills and they're doing nothing for you absolutely
0: nothing was there an option for you to during your years of depression to have clarity in your mind saying actually these pills aren't doing anything no because like why am I taking them
1: no because by the time you start taking antidepressants you're depressed anyway it's part of your your psyche now don't get me wrong antidepressants work for a lot of people and they did work for me for small things I think you know, maybe the intensity of depression wasn't so bad in the morning. Maybe the intensity of depression wasn't so bad in the evening that meant that I could sleep for five or six hours without getting up and feeling sad or whatever. But you're, you're, you're taking these pills and you can actually sit and have a conversation with someone and they're talking to you and you have no idea what they're saying, you're just looking right through them. You're, you're just trying to stay up. You're trying to keep yourself upright the entire time you're trying to just keep yourself upright you feel like a zombie inside i i i imagine it's like drinking too much you know feeling that way when 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 his option was let's give you another pill i knew that i didn't want to do that but i was going to america for summer so I I thought I'll see when I come back. We'll talk about it when I come back. We'll we'll change the pills when I come back. I don't want to do a regime change. That's what I said to him. I don't want to do a regime change before I go to America. Because I know there's an embedding process as well when you when you switch pills, you actually go through another period of sometimes of of a deeper depression before you start feeling better until those pills kick in. Wow. So I didn't want my summer to be taken up by a rage. Trying change something of pills. new I wanted to enjoy myself for what I was going to do. And I went out and I spent some incredible time with some incredible people. They just, they they helped me find in me what it was that my husband found in me. Does that make sense? So it wasn't, I was no longer thinking, my husband's only telling me the things I need to hear because he thinks I need to feel better the stuff the kind of things that people were saying was it just gave me a whole different outlook a whole and a lot of these people people i don't just met so they 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 saw in me someone that i didn't relate to anymore
0: so part of your turnaround was actually taking yourself out of that everyday situation of being at home in the same environments and being surrounded by I assume all the triggers that reinforced your own depression actually yeah. moving
1: away from that. And I'm, I'm so fortunate that I have a husband that said, you know what, go, go do it. This is an incredible opportunity, just go. And by that time, I'd learned to manage my depression pretty, pretty well. Um, I had had some really good jobs up until that point. Um, I was very lucky that he said, go, go do it for you. I, I never really understood how much how much that meant to my recovery and yeah the
0: support from, from family were you going for recovery or was it just a, 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 a change of scenery and a new work opportunity a,
1: change, a new work opportunity and just a change and there was a part of me that always wanted to live in America don't want to do that anymore but there was a part of me that really wanted to live in America so I got the opportunity to do that and I was very lucky to do that Um. And while I was out there I was like, Do you know what this this and I knew that this this the way I felt was inside. It wasn't outside anymore.
0: There was a change in just the change. way you felt.
1: Yeah. So I came back and I was having a conversation with my brother at the point and I I said something to him and he says, You need to find gratitude in your life. You need to find gratitude for the things you have, because what you have And he was specifically talking about my husband at the point. What you have, people are searching for. And so I immediately rang my husband and said, I I think I'm better, I think I'm going to be better. And this was on, and I remember the dates as well because everything happened so rapidly after that. So this was in the middle of September and October 1st, I decided that I wasn't gonna take them anymore and I, I was done and with that, Came, I mean, my doctor is saying he wanted me to wean myself off of them. And I, I, as I said to you uh, earlier on today, everything that we do starts with a decision. And I just made the decision. I wasn't going to take them anymore, and I wasn't going to take them anymore, so I did.
0: Is this something that someone could have said to help you with that decision earlier on, or is it something that you just... I don't. fell into at some point because uh, from what you were saying was that th- you'd lived with it for so long there wasn't this idea in your head that you could get out of it so you weren't trying to, to solve this problem no you weren't trying to get yourself out of depression no but it's almost as though there was just sort of some light bulb moment in your in your life
1: yeah and the light bulb moment was there's got to be more there's got to be more so that conversation with my brother changed an awful lot because he spoke about gratitude and then he spoke about Sikhi. And I'd never understood Sikhi like that before. I'd and never y- felt you have been it. brought
0: up with Sikhi. So knowing what, what the Sikh religion was, but I never mean, seeing it in a way to help you.
1: I felt almost like I wasn't good enough for Sikhi either. So you think like you, I, I don't have, God can't love someone like me because of the things that I think, the way I feel, the things that I do, the decisions I've made. And you just, you, you think that you are your past, you think you're a collection of every single one of your mistakes. And that's all anyone can see is you're just one big mistake because that's all you can see is one big mistake. And so when someone actually takes out the time and says step out yourself for a moment and look, look from the outside and see what you have, and you start placing things and you start to think yeah you're right because i would not the switch had begun that summer when i was in america so uh, as i said i started to feel that this change is happening from the inside so by the time i got back and that conversation literally was yeah i i can relate to what you're saying now because i started to feel that on the inside
0: i had so to- it was the it was the right conversation, but also at the right time at for right you, time. that you yeah. were in a place in your life where you were receptive. You could receive
1: it. And you can actually say, because as a depressed person, people have an awful lot of advice for you that is no good for you. So t- going to someone <laughs> telling them that they have no reason to be depressed isn't the way to go because that person, trust me, if they could feel any other way they would
0: they wouldn't want to be in that situation <laughs> yeah. you mentioned that at some point Sikhi starts getting introduced back to you
1: mm-hmm.
0: so how did spirituality or Sikhi help you get out of it and how does it still help you now
1: Sikhi for me I have used this term an awful lot but Sidi Guru Granth Sahib Ji Maharaj is the manuscript for life you will find everything you need and want in in those words what changed for me the the, the thing that really hit home was actually one of your videos we I've spoken about the the more month series that you did that, that led to the job side series but your first video on it
0: The oneness talk, yeah.
1: The oneness talk. That for me was enough to say, if I'm one with my source, if I'm one, if the source and I are connected and it's not a Mr. God up there, it's a Mr. God in here, that was enough for me to say, yes, there is, this is inside, I can change this. And I started to do as much simmering as I could, and it wasn't a lot five, ten minutes in the day, whatever, some some mantra, Mool Mantar and the strength that you get when you're reading Mool Mantar and you're trying to, you understand then that you're one with one and you're reading Mool Mantar and you're beginning to understand the meanings and you know that that Mool Mantar is a script of my soul, that Mool Mantar is Everything that God is, and if, if it's everything that God is, it's everything that I am. Because I'm part of that. So, the one of the, the, the two lines that I remember, without fail, nirpa or have, If you don't have fear, you can't have fear if you've got Guru Sahib in your life. You can't have fear if you've got God in your life that enough for me that was enough for me to say i can do this i don't have to fear this and don't get me wrong coming off of those pills in october 2015 led to a nervous breakdown that was it 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 brought me to my knees
0: the process of coming out of,
1: of the pills actually leaving my system you make questionable decisions. You do questionable things. You say questionable things. And all I can tell you what that felt like from the inside was that I'm screaming all this pain that's coming out. I can't put it into words. I can't. It's the same thing that, that made me depressed in the first place. I couldn't tell you what it was. I could just tell you I was sad. So I was telling you all the reasons why I was sad. And suddenly all this stuff started to come out. But you're screaming on the inside. And you're not, you're, you don't go out to be hurtful or any of those things. But it's, a, it's the process of this stuff has to come out and it's coming out whether I like it or not.
0: You talk about how Sikhian and spirituality was then something that started to help. So presumably, at the wrong time, the same message wouldn't necessarily have have got in, mm-hmm. have gone into you, and w- wouldn't have had that impact. So there's an element of life just giving you a second chance, and you sort of having a a, a, a different view on life. But mm-hmm. the, but also the fact that you took yourself into a new environment, environment, new sangha, the new new company, new people. Um, so what do you suggest? anyone watching this video right now, and who might be thinking about someone in their life who has depression, wh- what do you say to someone who's going through depression? What are the, what are the things that, that, that can actually help?
1: To anyone that's going through depression, that there is a release, there is a relief, and there is, I promise you, I promise you i can say it with my hand on my heart that there is a way out get educated learn about your mind learn about those things now if you if you know cuz here's the thing when i was depressed that i wasn't going to pick up a book to read it and and try and understand cuz my 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 reasons for being depressed were too big It doesn't matter what your book tells me. My reasons for being depressed are way bigger than what your book's gonna tell me. To anyone that has a family member that either is suffering from depression or you think may be suffering from depression, my advice to you is to go out and read a book. My advice to you is find out how that person might be feeling and then bring it up with them. Talk to them. They don't want to be talked at, they want to be talked with. They don't want to be talked to, they want to be talked with. They want to be. They don't want to know all the reasons why they shouldn't be depressed.
0: That's quite common, isn't it? We hear... You
1: don't have to. You've got a to reason to be depressed. depressed yeah. You've got a roof over your head, you've got a nice husband, you've got a good job. And you just think, yeah, I know all of those things. I I mean, I didn't have a reason to be depressed before. I had a good family. I had, you know, all of the things that I could, I could want.
0: So those are not useful things that you want to be saying to someone who's got no. depression is telling them it's like telling to snap out of it.
1: It's like telling someone that's overweight, you know what, you, you need to go on a diet or don't eat that in front of everyone, or whatever those things, telling someone that they don't have, it's we have a, a, an element with, of we know best, therefore, I don't feel that way. Therefore, you shouldn't feel that way. And the reason I don't feel this way is because I do this, 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 and this. But that's not going to work for someone that's depressed. If they can't get past why they're depressed in the first place, they can't. It's too
0: big a thing in their life.
1: Yeah, it's it's not just on, until you've ever experienced it, and it's not an experience that I wish on anyone. But until you've experienced it. You cannot comprehend the conversations that people want you to understand. They don't compute, you don't, because your internal mechanism is so messed up.
0: What are the right things to say then? Because what what would you say to someone with depression?
1: The first thing to say is let's talk. Tell me what's wrong. What is it that's making you sad? And then offer the perspective Offer the perspective. Don't tell them what their perspective should be. And if you don't know what the perspective should be or how you can offer perspe- a perspective, read a book on perception, or read a couple of quotes on perception, or read a couple of there's there's loads of great literature on perception. You can Google it. There's
0: on self perception and self image.
1: Yeah, and and all of self image is a huge thing. You you cannot outperform your self image so a person for example an overweight person might go on a diet and if their image in their head is to live an overweight person they'll gain that 10 pounds back plus more because that's
0: who they've convinced themselves they are the image
1: they carry in their head of who they are is the fat person so when they've when they've when and and I've done I've been the fat person as well like I've, I've done all of those things so I I mean, since the beginning of January, I've lost two and a bit stone. And and that's simply because my self-image has changed. I'm no longer in my head the fat person that I was or the the unhealthy person or the sick person that gained all the weight. Well,
0: the same, I suppose, with a person who has convinced themselves for such a long time that they are depressed.
1: Exactly. Are we
0: saying then that there's nothing you can say to a person Isn't, who who's convinced they're depressed?
1: No. The, it's the... For example... Uh, if, in our own house, in, in, in my example, when I was overweight, my husband would bring good, healthy food home for us to eat um, and that wasn't his way of saying, you're fat or you're overweight. It was his way of saying, you always tell me that you don't feel great, let's, let's try this stuff now. Um, and that's a really good way of doing it because he's doing it with me. Y- y- does that make sense? He's
0: joining you on the on the recovery.
1: Depression is a very lonely illness. So what the best thing that you can do for someone that's depressed is be there for them and talk to them and let them know don't just pay false compliments. They don't need that. Or
0: just tell them what they should be doing.
1: Exactly. They need they need a life that they can see outside of the inside. Another thing actually I'll say about that is when a person's depressed, be mindful of the things that they're eating, drinking, watching, and the same for a depressed person. If you're depressed, what are you taking in? Through your senses? What are you eating? All of these things are so super important. And so if you've got a depressed person that's drinking two liters of coke I can guarantee you that that's just fueling the depression there's no nutrients in there does that make sense yeah so it's it's understanding that you have a mental faculty that needs a workout the same way your body does
0: at one point you briefly mentioned about educate yourself about your thoughts and your mind mm-hmm. can you go a little bit more into that like how, how does a person who's in that state of depression help themselves through that. So you, 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 you've you've also mentioned that somebody else can do that for you and start actually to support you, can start educating themselves. Mm-hmm. But for a depressed person, is go, that a realistic thing for them to do, to go and actually start reading up on
1: it? 100%. If you know what it is that you're trying to combat. So, so you've got to
0: go in with the decision that I'm doing this to change yes presumably uh, there's a step before that which is that you actually have to have made a mental choice or a decision that says I think I'm now going to do something about it
1: yeah you have to get you have to get to a point where enough's enough for example at what point does someone decide to go on a diet is it when they no longer fit into their size 16 their size 18 so what's your cutoff point and here's the thing with depression You don't know that there's a cutoff point, but I know there is, I know there's a cutoff point and whether you know that now or not, I'm telling you there is, and you can make that choice.
0: Are you at the mercy of just receiving that cutoff point, that you just have to wait until you feel like enough's enough, or is there something that we can do to help people who are in that state to actually say, right, you need to... Because I imagine that's what people are saying, right? You need to snap out of this now. And you're saying, but in some ways that's not helpful.
1: You, in order, it's, a sim, it's as simple as this. If you want to change your life, you have to change your life. And at the moment, depression became my choice. It became my reason for existence almost. just became, I became so attached to the depression that it became who I was but it's not who I am at all so understanding firstly that depression isn't something you are, depression is something that we've almost conditioned to become by what's going on outside by what we're taking in and how we're internalizing any experience. of we, we basically take everything personally. Everything. You take every, every, every failure that you could have, you take that personally. Every scenario that everything. happens in life. It's, it's me. I could have been walking down the street and if I buckled, I'd tell myself I was stupid because I buckled. So the whole thing became my existence.
0: It's just self-reinforcing and yeah. self perpetuating all the time.
1: Self-fulfilling prophecy. That's what that is.
0: So there's a point where enough becomes enough. We don't know when that point happens, but at some point that happens to you.
1: You can make that. Here's what I'm understanding now: is that you can make the choice. You can. You can make the decision to change it. You can make the decision to change to change it. Because I did. It's then understanding how now i was very fortunate that i have in my life i have good tools good resources i have a great husband but what i've understood through it all is that it's not about the outside at all it's the inside there's something missing or i think the way I felt depression was for me was I started to live by my judgments and other people's judgments about me, and so it almost felt like my my soul was saying, "I can't do any more for you. Like, what? I, I, I can't make you happy. Like, you want that, and and all of the things that you could possibly want, I'm, I'm I'm giving you, but you're still not happy. And it just kind of you just shut down almost under this this weight of." expectations that you put on yourself and the judgments you put on yourself
0: so one of the things I worry about with this whole subject of depression is the impact that it has on someone when they get labeled with depression is it useful or from your experience in your life was it useful to know that you were what you were experiencing was called depression or can it be a Hindrance. It's because absolutely a hindrance when you get told that you're depressed and then that starts becoming your reality
1: It's absolutely a hindrance and believe it or not. It's a hindrance in lots of different ways So for example, uh, the suicide attempt meant that I can't get life insurance. The fact that I was still on antidepressants uh, meant that I couldn't get life insurance So it has a knock on effect. So then you start becoming depressed about the fact that your depression means that you can't get the things that you you need.
0: But at one point, if a doctor had just turned around and said to you that, oh, you're not depressed. Would that that have been useful?
1: Not at all. Because then you go home and you say a
0: double edged sword then, because we're saying that if you tell someone they're depressed, it's it has a knock on effect. Yeah. If you tell someone they're not depressed it also has a negative effect.
1: And my, that's the whole thing. Don't tell people what they are. Don't tell people what their depression should be like or how they should feel better. It's about, I have a very unique experience of this. And and so everything I can say, I can say I've got a license to talk about this stuff because I did it all and I'm doing it every single day.
0: So telling people that they are,
1: or, or telling them or
0: telling that they're not is, is going to come across to them as not useful. So it's not, it's not what you say to them necessarily. It's the fact that you're just trying to talk down to them and say, well, this is right or this is wrong. And that's and, what becomes And the reason unhelpful. you are the way you
1: are is because you have depression. Or the reason you are the way you are is because you think you have depression, but you're not depressed. We've We've become very good at psychoanalyzing each other <laughs> and telling each other what what you should be doing, shouldn't be doing. And I think that's where the fundamental part of this is, that I understood that this isn't external, this is internal. And it was the decision that I'm going to... Exp- because here's the thing, if, if that wasn't going to work for me, I would have just gone back on the on the pills. I had that in my head at the beginning when I started the process. Oh, your
0: recovery process?
1: Yeah, that if I if it doesn't work, and I, and I I had distinct conversations with my husband during that time of the withdrawal and the nervous breakdown, where I would, it was the hardest thing I'd ever done. And I said to him, look, if this gets too hard for you, tell me and I'll just go back. And we he was like, we're not going backwards. We're just gonna keep on going forwards," And that's the whole thing. Keep on going forward. Stop thinking that there's a destination that you need to arrive to. I've not arrived at any destination at all I'm just going and as I'm learning this stuff I'm teaching it to as many people so you're
0: still in that sort of recovery period Yeah. Uh, I I briefly want to touch on on the conversation that you said that you had with your brother during the point the start of your recovery and he mentioned gratitude Mm -hmm. can you sort of briefly describe what the benefit of a gratitude based approach or gratitude as a way of thinking why that's an important step in 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 recovery
1: a huge and it's not just not just a recovery I would recommend a gratitude journal to everybody because and what is that so and it doesn't even need to be a journal but it's literally thinking about things that you're grateful for I start my day with a gratitude journal and I end my day with a gratitude journal because that, that your brain chemistry this is something Going on a little bit further, but it's all part of the education process. But your brainwaves and the way they're relating to the time of day that it is, and what you're doing, means that there's certain things that you could do at that time that would actually help your brainwaves, and help you in turn.
0: I see that as, as quite a, a different approach to what somebody else telling you what you should be grateful for, because if someone's telling you. Well why are you depressed cuz you've, you've got a got no good house you've depressed. got this you've got that but the point at which you start thinking for yourself what am i actually thankful for that's you when you the start question. you're starting you're starting to then now no longer fit into the i'm depressed i'm sad narrative you're now telling your own story in a different way 100%. as opposed to somebody just telling you you're wrong for thinking in this way mm-hmm. so gratitude isn't the wrong advice that someone else is giving you It's just the fact that you're now being forced to think for yourself and you're changing your own brain. You're
1: changing your perception. So you're no longer looking for the things that make you sad, you're actually looking for the things that make you feel grateful. And the more you look for the things that make you feel grateful, you find things to be grateful for.
0: So you're now looking for them and that's now changing your thought patterns.
1: And again, it comes down to the education. Your reticular activating system starts up and you can only see the things then that you're focused on. And uh, my gratitude started off with simple things like, I'm so happy today that I had a lovely warm shower. I'm so happy today that I changed into, from my pajamas into an outfit for the day. I'm so happy and grateful today that, do you know what, I went for a walk. It was only around what we call the diamond It was only around the diamond, but I went for a walk today. And slowly, slowly, that five minute walk around the diamond became a 15 minute walk up until the next road. And I didn't care who saw me, I was no longer hiding. So it's those, it's taking, so this isn't about if you're depressed, you don't need to be depressed and get over it, and that you can. This is about changing what we're taking in through our senses and expanding our perception and seeing what we actually, behind what makes us sad, there's something just behind that that makes you happy.
0: Wow, that's beautiful. So I'd like to end with finding out a little bit about where you are in your life now. What, what are you up to these days? What do you do?
1: So my journey the, from where I was to where I am, a self-harmer depressed person to please don't self-harm let's let's get you to where you want to get to my my journey became about helping other people about making sure that no one ever feels this way ever again and anyone that comes into contact with me i will do my best to ensure that they never feel like that and because i started thinking that way people started to say to me you should actually do this for a living, you're really good at To it? help
0: people get out to of the same things that you had already been. And that's what you do now? And
1: that's what I do now. And it's it's been a remarkable process because I'm so grateful for the fact that I was depressed. I'm so grateful for the fact that my engagement fell through. I'm so grateful for every single step of the way because it means that I'm here. It means that I'm having this conversation. It means that I get to meet wonderful people. It means that I get to talk to wonderful people every single day and tell them what's beautiful about them.
0: So your life now is really dedicated to helping other people getting mm-hmm. through this. Would would you call that mentoring? What is what is that?
1: It is mentoring, I, I think. It's the, I always, I have nothing against school. I think school's very important to teach. The way the world works uh, In a in a way, but it doesn't teach you how the self works. So what I do what I tell people is that I'm kind of the teacher you wish you had that told you the stuff that you wish you needed to know at the time you needed to know it. That's kind of what I do.
0: Yeah, how, how do how do people get in touch with you? How do they find out more about your work?
1: I'll I have um a website that's actually still it's actually in the process of being up i have an email address and i have um you you guys can get in touch with me yeah right please
0: then. please share, share that with us right now sure. uh, let us know what, what how they can contact you
1: it's intuitive um hyphen knowledge dot com um and my email address is hello at intuitive knowledge dot com
0: it's been Fantastic to have you here. Thank it's you. been amazing to listen to your story, and I'm I'm really thankful for you being here today, sharing your story and what's been a very difficult experience for you. And I'm sure it's been um, a difficult challenge to sort of bring up a lot of yeah. emotions as well. But I know that depression is one of those subjects that is affecting so many people right now. Mm-hmm. That hopefully by watching this video, people will have some better idea of what it is, anyone who's going through it may have some glimmer of hope that they can get out of it and anyone who's worried about someone else in their life
1: knows that they can they can help
0: will know that they can help
1: and and here's the thing you're not helpless just because someone's depressed and you're not helpless because you're depressed and that's the understanding we can all help each other because we're all one
0: that's a beautiful message so I'm gonna say thank you very much for coming to the show today, spending time with us with with Nanak Nam. And I hope that you have had an opportunity to learn something new about a subject. I know I've learned a lot today about what depression is and how debilitating it can be in someone's life. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who continues to watch Nanak Nam videos and continues to support us. I hope you can see the direction that Nanak Nam is trying to go and the kind of work that we're trying to do. So please do continue to watch our videos, share, And more importantly, please do continue to support this as a non-profit charity so that we can continue to bring more great speakers and more great guests and share great wisdom about how mental illness and spirituality can really work and help each other. So thank you, everyone, and I look forward to seeing you next time.